exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinku, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how are we doing on this Monday? Uh, good. I mean, it's the last week before finals and then it's break, so I'm happy. That is very good. Did you have a nice weekend? I did. I was in Indianapolis, so, you know, that's always fun. Yeah, always fun. <laughs> I yeah, you know, went to the game. We'll obviously uh, definitely be getting to the game, of course. I hope all of our listeners out there had a very nice weekend as well. It's already December 5th. Christmas is less than three weeks away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. It is. Absolutely crazy. But we have so much to get to on today's show. Let's stop the banter and let's get to it. We're going to definitely be getting to Michigan State versus Wisconsin. They played in the inaugural Big Ten Championship game this Saturday night, and we have a lot to talk about regarding that. Also, I want you guys to start thinking right now, did Michigan State get hosed when it came to the BCS or came to the bowl game that they are going to? Phone number is 517-432-3893 is the number. We'll also be getting to the college bowl games in a whole, who's going where and if it's right or not. We'll also be getting to the Detroit Lions, penalized to Wazoo and losing again to the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night in prime time. We also got a little Red Wings for you, a little NBA, not too much. NBA is coming up here in about three weeks, so i talk about it a little bit. We also got a little bit of news for NASCAR for you, even though the season's over. Again, the phone number is 517-432-3893. And we are definitely going to start off with Michigan State losing to the Badgers. Michigan State faced off against the Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers this Saturday night in Indianapolis. Lucas Oil Stadium, and it was a heck of a ball game. Um, I think for anyone who was there, anyone who watched it on television, because the other bowl games that night were crap. They were absolutely a joke. This game was prime time. Everybody was tuned into it. Everyone cared about this game, and it lived up to the hype. In the first Big Ten championship game, unfortunately, Michigan State loses 42-39 to in really one of the best football games I've watched this entire season. Now, Megan, you were at this game. You were there with all the hoopla, all the, all the fans. Yes. Just tell me a little bit about the environment first. What was the atmosphere like this entire game? It looked to just be absolutely rocking there at Lucas Oil. It, it was it was insane. Lucas Oil is such a huge stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. Like you go to a professional football stadium, it's big. And the the way they did it is they split it almost fifty fifty. So half was Wisconsin, the other half was Michigan State, mm-hmm. and they had the two student sections in the corners. And it was so loud. And and the thing is, you know, Michigan was or Michigan State was so dominant over the course of most of the game that it was always Michigan State fans just yelling, 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 everyone chanting, you know, the, the band playing, and it was it was crazy. It was a really cool game to be at, and everyone was just super loud and pumped up, you know, for the game. That's good. Do you think people? I mean, do people behave themselves there? As far as I, as I saw, as much as you could. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big stadium; it's so hard to see everything. But for as much as I saw, you know, it was normal. I think a normal football game in yeah. that kind of sense, if that's what you're looking for. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I just figured so much emotion and you know, oh, yeah. college students getting into oh, yeah. it. You just hope our fans behave themselves, of course. I think they did. I didn't see anything too bad, so. Oh, well, no, that's great. And, you know, nonetheless, Michigan State lost this game 42-39, to playing really one of the best games I've ever seen them play. I don't think I've ever offensively seen this team move the ball the way they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, they look systematic going down the field, knifing through Wisconsin's defense. They ran for 190 yards, passed for 281 yards. Kirk Cousins, three touchdowns, you know, that one pick. But, you know, the turnovers did not lead to points for Wisconsin. If you had to boil it down to one thing, why did Michigan State lose this game? They just they gave up at the end. I don't know if they gave up, but it's just they couldn't they couldn't pull it off. And I think it was the last touchdown that Wisconsin scored, um, double coverage in the corner. Yep. And uh, he shouldn't have caught it, but he did. And then they scored. It was a great catch. I, I'm not taking anything away from them at all because it was it was a fantastic catch. But I think that's kind of what ruined it. And, you know, and I think the biggest thing that everyone's saying is the acting job by the punter. Uh-huh. And that probably was the other determining factor because, you know, I, I even when I listened to it, because I rewatched it again today, mm-hmm. when I listened to it on TV, even the even the commentators, they were like, oh, great acting job, you know, flopped. You know, that's that's what they teach you to do. Exactly. And, you know, and I think that was the big thing that kind of blew the game for MSU because Keyshawn did return it um, almost all the way. 
Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, I think you can really look at a lot of different things in this football game. You look at the – they're going for a block punt. First off, I kind of question why D'Antonio at this point in the game is going for the block punt. We're getting the ball back with about two minutes left. Enough time on the clock to move the f- football and do something with it. I think that was an extra gamble. Yeah, did the punter flop? He did. Uh, let's be honest. He did, but that is his job, like yes. you just said. That's his job. Was it a weak call? Yes, but by the book, that was the correct f- call. He ran into him. That's a penalty. Too bad. I mean, honestly. Now, here's another question I've had. We've been, I've been debating this with my friends. Fourth and eight, we're on the 39-yard line. Okay? I say punt it. You know, let your defense play. Get the ball back. You'll have more than enough time. Obviously, they didn't because of the penalty. They wasted their time, used their timeouts. Do you think we should have went for it on fourth and eight? You know, I was thinking the same thing, too. I was like, why didn't he go for it? Why didn't he go for it? But I think it played out the way D'Antonio wanted it to. Uh-huh. He wanted to, he wanted Wisconsin to go three and out, run down the clock a little bit, and then get the ball back, and then go for a touchdown, or go for the three points, tie the game going to overtime. And in the end, it did work out to his advantage, mm-hmm. but we kind of it kind of got messed up, you know, with the whole, the whole punt. Yeah. And I, I think in the end, I think D'Antonio did the right thing by punting the ball, giving it to Wisconsin. You know, we have the best defense. I, I in the nation like yeah third rank yeah and one of the best I guess and you know I think he just had faith in his team and I think in the, in the end he did the right thing it just boiled down to that last play uh, with the punt and it just kind of messed everything up yeah definitely and I want to read a quote real fast from Kirk Cousins you know regarding the loss here to Wisconsin Cousins says quote I'm still hurting I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm moving forward and feeling great it is tough but like I said last night to come that close two years in a row it's almost a tease. It was the toughest loss I've ever had in athletics. So what comes with that is a lot of heartache. When you play with when you play with as much passion as we play with, you're going to have highs and lows. And we had extreme highs in October and saw that extreme low on Saturday. End quote. And it really is true. I feel very I feel down for the Spartans, just for cousins, all the seniors that played their hearts out this season. This team ten and three, I think, had a fantastic year. No matter what, playing whatever bowl they're playing in, they're playing the Outback Bowl, and we'll get to that. Regardless, this team had a fantastic season. Really and I don't think anybody can look down upon them. They played their hearts out Saturday night. I never thought this team would show up this well in a primetime game. And that was always that was my reason for not picking them. Because they have never proved to me that they can win in a big-time game. They played their hearts out, almost won this game. I think if Wisconsin and Michigan State play ten times, you can see that they'll split it five apiece. Oh, yeah. They are both they're that equally talented of a team. And it came down to just a couple little plays. And when it was all said and done, Wisconsin won. They're going to the Rose Bowl to face Oregon. Michigan State, and this is what we want to get to, and this is what I want to talk about. Michigan State is going to be playing in the Outback Bowl against Georgia. Okay, that's going to be a January 2nd Bowl. It will take place at 1 o'clock. Now, Michigan, a team that we beat head-to-head, a team that we finished ahead of in the Big Ten standings, technically, because we beat, you know, beat them head-to-head, they're playing in the Sugar Bowl. They did get an at-large bid to a BCS Bowl, and they will be facing Virginia Tech. Now, what I want to ask all of our listeners, is it fair that Michigan State is going to the Outback Bowl and Michigan, a team that we did beat, a team that you know we played in the, uh, you know, in the championship game, Michigan did it, they were sitting on their couch, is it fair that Michigan is going to the BCS Bowl, going to the Sugar Bowl? 517-432-3893. Give me a call because I know you guys got opinions out there. I hear them all the time, so you better give me a call because I want to hear what Spartan Nation thinks about this. We'll start discussing it now. Megan, your opinion on it. Is it fair that Michigan's going to this game and Michigan State's not? It's it's so it's so tough because, you know, we did play in the Big Ten Championship. We did lose to Wisconsin only by three. Not that that matters in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Michigan, yeah, we did beat them head-to-head four years in a row at that. But, yeah, we beat them this year head-to-head. Um, they Michigan deserves it. They played really, really well at the end of the year. But do do I think Michigan State deserved a bigger bowl bid? Yeah. I do, because, you know, we did make it further. We were one of the two teams to make it the furthest in the Big Ten. And, yeah, I think they did deserve it, but I'm not blaming it on Michigan at all. Uh, U of M did extremely well this year. I'm not blaming anything on them. I'm not taking anything away from them. I just I think, honestly, the BCS is flawed. And I think that's the biggest thing that comes through that with this, because we've talked about this. We talked about this before the show. It's money. That's what it all boils down to. (laughs) And that's the thing. And that's why, you know, I understand why Spartan fans in any way would be upset, of course. I mean, you know, you had such a great season. You played in, you know, the first Big Ten championship (laughs) game, one of the best games, hands down, all year. And you end up in the Outback Bowl. But what I see this as is for any team in the Big Ten, it's Rose Bowl or bust. 
if you don't make the Rose Bowl, honestly, I don't really care that much what bowl you're going to, whether it's the Outback Bowl, whether it's the Capital One Bowl. To me, they're the same. Okay, we don't deserve to go to the Sugar Bowl. We really don't. Michigan is not a better team than us. I don't believe that for a second. I know for a fact that Michigan State is better than Michigan. But Michigan's a sexier pick. Michigan's going to draw more ratings. It's going to draw better ratings. It's going to bring more money in. And like you just said, it's about money. If anyone were to say that the bowl system is designed to have the best teams play each other, they're crazy. It's just about what what matchups are going to bring in the most revenue for these sponsors. For Tostitos, for all these different... What's going to bring in the most money? That's Michigan. It's not Michigan State. And it's not Michigan State either in the Capital One Bowl. It's Nebraska. Are we better than Nebraska? I think so. But they're Nebraska. And that's why Nebraska is going to that game. State fans need to be happy with the game, with the bowl game that we're getting, and just focus on that. Not always, you know, this whining and crying all the time. Well, they're going here and they're doing this. You know, I can understand it at first, especially Saturday night. You're very upset, disappointed. But when it comes down to it, you're playing in the Outback Bowl. Focus on beating Georgia. We have not won a bowl game since 2001. That should be what this team is focused on. Mm-hmm. And we, we haven't won since we beat Fresno State 44-35 to 35, 10 years ago. Okay? You want to get Michigan State, you want to get the Big Ten more credit, more relevancy when it comes to the, you know, the national picture? Beat the, an SEC team. Beat Georgia in your bowl game. You lost to Georgia in 2009 in the Capital One Bowl. We always get embarrassed by SEC teams. We got spanked by Alabama last year 49-7. to 7. There comes a point where you need to just take care of your own business. Beat Georgia, a team that is very solid, lost to LSU in their championship game. But Georgia's a darn good team. If you can prove that you can beat Georgia, then you can start you know, putting it that way. Start getting people caring more about the Big Ten and giving them respect. If you get blown out by Georgia, then why did you ever think you deserved to go to a better bowl game? I think that's just it's an entitlement. You know, We've had two good seasons in a row, and don't get me wrong, that's fantastic. But at the same time, I think fans need to keep things in perspective. And I, I don't think a lot of people really understand the system. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of fans that love college football but don't necessarily know how that BCS works. Because I don't even know how it works completely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone A does. lot of coaches don't know how it works exactly. <laughs> people are confused every year regarding the BCS. And it is one of the most flawed systems around. Well, I wanted to throw in that Drew Sharp quote that I told you earlier. I don't know if you had that pulled up or you plan no, on I did saying not. it. Say it. Um, he wrote an article today about, you know, he doesn't think Michigan should, get, should have gotten a higher bid than Michigan State. But in the very last paragraph, he just said, The bold selection procedure isn't fair. It was never intended to be fair. It was never intended to reward. It was meant to produce the most profits possible, regardless of the quality of the pairings. And, yep. you know, we've already gone over that, and I think I think it's the same way. I think that's just how the, the BCS works. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just what it's about. It's not about the best matchup. It's about best matchups. Do you really think that Boise State, an 11-1 team, they're playing Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl? That's a joke. Okay, it's not about fair. Arizona State 6-6. Six and six, They just fired their coach. No, it's not about fair. It's not about fair at all. Oklahoma. Oklahoma loses in their championship game to Oak State, the number three team in the nation, and they end up in the Insight Bowl against Iowa. It's not about <laughs> being fair. It's about what matchups are going to produce the revenue for these people. It's not about, ooh, this team's better than this team. Yeah, I know Michigan State's better than Michigan. And I don't have to argue that with Michigan fans because we've been in four straight years. <laughs> for some reason, Michigan fans always find some reason to keep arguing with you, though. I, I just saw, I saw a status earlier, and they're like, yeah, I'm Sugar Bowl bound. And someone's like, well, yeah, okay, sorry. You know, cool. And she goes, yeah, MSU sucks. I'm like, we don't, though. <laughs> I was like, we don't suck. We did very well. It's just how the system works. Yeah, and I mean, it's on both sides. When it comes to Wolverine fans, if it comes to, you know, Michigan State fans, I I think both fans put too much into trying to knock each other rather than focus on what's best for the conference and just what Michigan and Michigan State, what happened here had nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. Had nothing to do with each other. Okay, Michigan went to the Sugar Bowl not because Michigan State lost. Okay, Michigan still could have easily went to the Sugar Bowl if Michigan State won and went to the Rose Bowl. Doesn't change anything. I'm happy for Michigan. It brings more money to the Big Ten. The fact that Michigan got a BCS bowl game is going to bring more money to Michigan State and to the Big Ten in general. That's a good thing. That's a solid thing. Michigan beats Virginia Tech. That's a good thing. I think a lot of times Michigan and Michigan State fans, as they should half the time, be you know butting heads you know like this. That's fine. But there's times where you just got to let it go. I don't. I'm not. I have no ill will towards Michigan. 
Not with going towards this game. I don't care. I, I mean, the Big Ten championship game had nothing to do with them. It had nothing. everything to do with us. Yeah. So and We you know, controlled our own destiny. Yeah. And that's why I think Spartan fans in general need to, you know, hey, we had a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. You just had to win. You didn't win. If you would have beat Notre Dame, you would probably be going to the Sugar Bowl. But you didn't. You lost to Notre Dame, and you lost to Nebraska. They're not taking a three-loss team to a BCS Bowl game. It won't happen. The BCS Bowl, the way it sits, 14th and up. Those are the only chances you have to get a BCS Bowl. We're 17th. We don't have that shot. It's just the way it is. Is the system flawed? Of course it is. But until the system changes, which I don't see it changing for a while, they keep talking about a playoff system. Mm-hmm. Will they do it? Not. Who knows? And that will always. there's always going to be someone left out. And that's what I think fans need to realize, no matter what system is implemented, whether it's a playoff system or whether it's the BCS system, teams will be left out that may be deserving. It's going to happen every year. And I think people need to really make sure that if you have a playoff, you're going to just take the top six teams, top eight teams. Michigan State wouldn't have been there. Mm-mm. They wouldn't have made it to the Mm-mm. playoff. They would not have made it to the playoff. They'd still be you know, on the outside looking in. So no matter what. It is still like that. Michigan State, again, needs to focus on playing Georgia and winning an SEC bowl game and winning a bowl game. I mean, yeah. it's pretty sad that we haven't won a bowl game since 2001. I mean, it's it's only a matter of time. D'Antonio has turned this program in a completely new direction. I yes, mean, I, when I was watching the replay today, one of the stats they put up there is he's the only team or the only coach in history to have 10-plus wins, 10-plus mm-hmm. consecutive wins, I'm sorry. So, I mean, he's a great coach. I think he is, and I think he's done so much for this program, and I think we've had one of the greatest teams ever this year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest teams in history. Well, yes. I mean, the 60s Michigan State team well, were incredible. I know, but I mean recently. I yes, guess it's more of what I'm in going our, for. In, I, how about in our lifetime? Yes. In our lifetime, yes, since yes. I've been alive. <laughs> since I've been born, this is two of the best seasons, really, Michigan right. State has put together. I do want to read a cro- uh, quote from Mark Hollis, who's our athletic director, regarding uh, the BCS and Michigan State not making it in. Hollis says, quote, Like many other people, I continue to scratch my head on who goes and why to certain BCS games. I don't really understand the BCS and the process that is used. It is really complicated. There are, com- there are communities to go through in addition to the BCS committee, and they take a crack at putting the best teams into each of those communities. That is something we have to continue to analyze. For the Big Ten, this was the first opportunity to take two teams to a championship game, and both teams arguably being the best in the conference and have one lose and suffer a setback. It is very frustrating for Michigan State because it's the first time the Big Ten has had this. End quote. I I don't know. I just want to say I'm just I'm just proud they even made it, you know, to the championship game. And they put up they they played their hearts out. Yes, they did. They wanted that game so bad, and I'm not taking anything away from them at all because they did. They played until the very last seconds of that game. They just kept playing and playing, and you know what? And the biggest, the biggest quarter they had that it was the same way against Wisconsin is they scored 22 unanswered points in the second quarter. Yeah, they did. That's amazing. Wisconsin, you know, was so good last year, so good this year, and then they Michigan State comes 22 un- un- unanswered points in the second quarter to take the lead. No, it was incredible. I mean, I the, mean the trick play, you see him going for two points yep. there, Keith Nickel falling out of bounds, just pitching it over there. That was good. It was an yep. amazing play. Uh, again, I think that's the best game I've seen Michigan State probably ever play. Me too. And they played one of the best teams in the country in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's headed back to the Rose Bowl. They won it. They've earned it. They deserve it. Yep. Bottom line there. And uh, the more shocking thing to me, it's not Michigan going to the Sugar Bowl. It's Virginia Tech. How does Virginia Tech, okay, don't get me wrong, they're 11-2. and two. They get smoked by Clemson twice. They get beat down 38-10 to 10 in their championship game Saturday night as well. And they're playing in the Sugar Bowl? I just I find it a joke. I think Virginia Tech is not that good of a team. Boise State, who's 11-1, their only loss came to TCU on a last-second missed field goal. And Boise State's playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. And Virginia Tech is in the Sugar Bowl. Blows my mind. They need to fill the Superdome, I guess. They're out there in New Orleans. I think that's the only thing they're trying to think because that's about all I can make sense of it. The system. Yeah, <laughs> the system. Some of the other big bowl games, I'm not going to go through them all because I don't have an hour to read 36 bowl games to everyone here. But uh, some of the big bowl games, real fast, want to let you know where some of the Big Ten teams are going and some other teams. In the Ticket City Bowl, Houston uh, will be taking on Penn State. That actually should be a pretty darn good matchup. In the Capital One Bowl, it will be Nebraska versus South Carolina. In the TaxSlayer.com Gator Bowl, that's so stupid. <laughs> Ohio State is playing Florida. Uh, that should be an interesting game. Uh, in the Fiesta Bowl here, your BCS Bowl, Stanford will be taking on Oklahoma State. Again, Michigan will be facing off against Virginia Tech there. 
the uh, the Fiesta Bowl with Stanford and Oak State will take place on January 2nd at 8.30. The Michigan-Virginia Tech game, the Sugar Bowl, will be January 3rd at 8.30. In the Orange Bowl, you have West Virginia versus Clemson. That will be January 4th at 8.30. In the Cotton Bowl, you have Kansas State versus Arkansas. They will face off on January 6th at 8 o'clock. And then you have your BCS National Championship game, Alabama versus LSU, January 9th, 8.30, 1 versus 2. Do you like the championship matchup? Nope. I don't. Nope. Nope. I honestly, I don't. And, you know, everyone's saying, oh, it was a good game the first time around. It's going to be a good game the second time around. It was one of the most boring games I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> oh, you want to kick a field goal? Okay, go ahead. You want to kick one? Okay, cool. You know, and it was so low scoring. I mean, it's good well, because yeah. they are probably the two best teams. Well, yeah, I mean, Alabama's got the best defense in the country. LSU's number two. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, that's they do deserve to be there, but do I like it? No. <laughs> okay, let, let's say hypothetically, I mean, let's just put LSU there. They're undefeated. You had to take Alabama out. Who would you just personally rather see in that game? Would it be Oklahoma State? Would it be Stanford? Just as a fan of college football. Oak State. Oak State? Yeah. I mean, I I watched some of the LSU-Alabama game, and I watched probably about three out of four of the quarters, and I was bored. <laughs> it was just a lot of defense and punching. Yeah. I mean, not that I was asking for, you know, like an 80-70 to 70 game or anything, you know, point-wise, but, you know, I wish it was just a little more. more like, someone actually scored a touchdown. That yeah. would have been cool. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen this time. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I think it will. I mean, the only thing that was upsetting about that first matchup, five missed field goals from Alabama. Exactly. Actually, I mean, come on, make the field goals. If you're going to be kicking them, just try and make them. I, I can't, for the life of me, understand how Alabama can recruit some of the best players in the country, and they can't find one guy that can kick the ball. Like, you can't find a soccer player to recruit for your team or somebody. They're usually the best kickers. I mean, somebody. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're Alabama, and you can't recruit a decent kicker? Mm. That's kind of a joke. But again, the final BCS standings for all of you that did not watch it like I did last night. Live, LSU is number one. Alabama is your number two. Oak State, three, and only .009 points behind Alabama to get that number two spot. They were very close to getting there. Stanford's your number four. Oregon, five. Arkansas, six. Boise State is seven. Kansas State, eight. South Carolina, nine. And Wisconsin is ten. That rounds it out. Michigan ends up moving up to 13th in the BCS, and Michigan State falls to 17th after their loss to Wisconsin. Uh, those are your BCS standings. <sighs> well, it should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm... again, I, I do want to hear what our fans think about this. I mean, I, I, know we're dis- I know we're disappointed, but, I mean, what do you think about the bowl games? 517-432-3893. I know people got opinions out there. I know everyone's trying to forget about it, but come you on. You can't. Let's not. You can't. We still have one more game and to do. I will you can't still just say, forget about just it. Just like, okay, when Minnesota, when the Twins, I know this is baseball, but when the Twins, <laughs> I know, I'm just jumping the baseball right flat. But when the Twins played the Tigers in that 163rd playing game, right? Mm-hmm. I always said that was the best game of baseball I think I've ever seen, even though we lost. This is still the best Spartan football game I have ever watched. Unfortunately, we lost, but I will never forget this game. I don't. Ever. I don't think anyone will. Like I, like I said, they played their hearts out. They did everything they could to win that game, and they lost on what we call a dumb penalty, but something that was a penalty, and it just it works that way. That's just how football works. Yeah. I mean, it was a high scoring game too, which I was yeah. very surprised by. It was. I mean, the first one was it was thirty seven thirty one, but still. But still, yeah, that was like a very very high scoring game. I mean, yeah, it's just pretty ridiculous. But uh, we are going to go to the phone lines real fast. Hey, how's it going? You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, who? What's your name? My name's Brendan. Hey, Brendan. How's it going? I, first thing I want to talk about is the game itself, like the whole MSU game on Saturday. You know, it was a great game. It looked like we, uh, you know, at first I didn't think we were going to show up. Um, like, sometimes we don't all season, but um, they dominated for the majority of the game. I was surprised at how well our defense actually played. Mm-hmm. And our offense, you know, I wasn't worried about our offense. But one uh, one thing I have to say about the game, though, is that, you know, when it comes down to the last two minutes of a football game, that that's that, that, that close, the refs should not make a judgment call that is that close. Uh-huh. You know, because most referees, you know, you see in most games, within the last two minutes, refs don't throw the flag and it's a judgment call like that. You know, to me, that's just ref, that's the ref deciding the game right there. It's true. And I don't think that was fair for MSU. No, I mean, I could agree with that, that it's not necessarily the fairest thing. But, you know, the refs, yeah, at times they swallow their whistle in the final minutes. I always prefer the refs. If they're going to call it, you call it the same way from the first minute of the first quarter to the last minute of the fourth quarter. 
I think it's more consistency I want to see out of refs rather than just swallowing whistles at opportune times. No, it would have been. I mean, I think, it, yeah, I agree. Regardless, it was a weak call. But, you know, by the book, it was that, and we gambled going for a blocked punt. Brendan, what I want to ask you real fast is what do you think about the bowl selection here? You know, Michigan State going to be playing in the Outback Bowl. Michigan's playing in the Sugar Bowl. What's your sentiment real fast on that? You know, it's the whole, you know, obviously, the BGS is on squad. I mean, no one really, I don't know, no one really knows what's going on. Um, and, you know, it, it just seems to me that MSU can go play in a game because they start really well in the start of the season, and they go to play, and then they lose and so they get a little bowl and somebody who didn't get that chance because they were they played that well, you know? Yeah. But because we're so, we played and failed, and so we get a worse bowl, it just doesn't... Exactly, Brendan. Well, I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. That's the thing. You can only take care of your business to this point. Beat Georgia. Yeah. Beat Georgia. That's all you have left to do. I mean, yeah. you can't change the past, and I think they did the best they could. No, they did. And, I mean, again, Michigan, I mean, if if I was on the committee, I would have voted for Michigan probably over Michigan State. They're just a better pick. They're not a better team, but they're a better pick. And that's the thing. They're a team that was crap for the last three years. They're actually 10-2 this season. They've had a really good year. And, you know, at that, you know, with that, with Brady Hoke, Denard Robinson, probably the most explosive player in college football, I get it. I'm not happy about it necessarily, but I understand it. And that's what I think fans need to understand. You don't have to like it, but you need to understand it. And I think that's what it comes down to. Don't be a blind fan. Those are the most annoying fans around. People that just, whether it's a Wolverine fan or a Spartan fan, if you're just talking out your butt, it's annoying, okay? You You really do need to have the facts, and know what's going on, and know what system is in place here. Okay, but Michigan State, again, I want to congratulate Michigan State on just a fantastic season. To everybody, the coaches, the players, you guys played your hearts out, and I'm not disappointed in the least. I thought this team would have been 9-3. and three. You know, they played an incredibly tough October month there against Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nebraska, and they won three out of four there. I just want to give them all the credit in the world. I'm not disappointed in the least with Michigan State. I, I already said it. I'm not either. I, I mean, congratulations to them. Did we think that they were going to make it to the Big Ten Championship? Did you, Dave, at the beginning of the year? I can't remember. No, I didn't. I, not at all. I, I, I was taking Nebraska, and I was taking right. Wisconsin. That's right. We did. Yep, those were the two teams that we picked, and, you know, good for them. I mean, they made it to the first ever Big Ten Championship game. They that's did. just something, to, an accomplishment in itself. And I think just alone the fact that, you know, your ACC Championship game and your other Championship game were blowouts, everybody was tuned into that game. So regardless of winning or losing – people at least have a sentiment of what the Big Ten is oh, and yeah. what they can be. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen a game on this stage that everyone had a chance to tune into when there was nothing else on. Everyone got a shot to see what Michigan State looked like on the big stage as well as Wisconsin, and I think everyone was pleased. I think so too. I don't think anybody was disappointed with watching that game and how it finished. There wasn't one minute that was boring in that football game. There really wasn't. <laughs> Not one. There really wasn't. It was fantastic. Again, congratulations, Michigan State. You played awesome all season. And just uh, let's win this bowl game. Let's beat Georgia. I'm uh, tired of losing in bowl games. Uh, me too. Very tired of it. <laughs> beat Georgia, and then it can only help you with recruiting, and it can only get you a little bit of national recognition by finally beating an SEC football team. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Michigan State basketball. College basketball is going on, for anyone who does not know that right now. We'll also get to a little Detroit Lions. The Lions losing again this Sunday to the New Orleans Saints. Definitely have to discuss that and the penalties that this team keeps committing. We'll also get to a little Red Wings NBA. Hopefully we have the time. But you are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. 
It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave and Megan here with you. Got about a half hour left, so we're just going to dive right in. Um, I did want to let all of our uh, everybody know, basically, that uh, MSU uh, defensive coordinator Pat Narduzzi actually interviewed for the head coaching job at Illinois. So uh, Narduzzi uh, looks like he, you know, he's trying to get that job. I mean, it'd be sad to lose Narduzzi. He's a you know heck of a coordinator. But hey, if the guy can get a shot at you know being a head coach, all the more power to him. You Why know? not? I mean, Ron Zook just got fired. You know, he went thirty-four and fifty in seven seasons with the Illini. Hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, I, I you know I'll just you know wish him the best. I mean, obviously, he's tough shoes to fill. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't easy, you know, replace you know uh, bringing on Dan Rouchard after losing our offensive coordinator last season. But you know, hey, page, you know, if you're that good then sometimes it works out for you. Might as well. You get the opportunities. But uh, we are going to move on to some Michigan State basketball real fast. And Michigan State played Nebraska-Omaha this Sunday against uh, at uh, at the Breslin Center. And the Spartans won 110-68. Um, which an absolute route. They uh, they absolutely killed them. Um, you know, great job by Michigan State there, shooting 61% from the field, which is very incredible. Uh, 61% from the field is the highest Michigan State has shot all season. Played a great uh, played a great game. Draymond Green, 23 points, 10 rebounds in only 24 minutes. Uh, great job there by Draymond. Draymond really getting it done when it matters. MSU will be hosting Central Connecticut State 7 p.m. Wednesday. That is going to be the game for Michigan State. Now, also, do want to quickly mention, on November 30th, which was, this was Wednesday of last week, Michigan State played Florida State. And I know we had discussed this a little bit uh, last week, that you know Florida State, a team coming in after a tough overtime loss from Connecticut, losing by two points to them, losing to Harvard in a very close game as well. Florida State, a team that probably should have been ranked when we played them. And I still think they're, you know, they're worthy of being ranked. They're a talented team. We beat them 65-49. to 49. Mm-hmm. This was a really nice win by Michigan State. They really put a whole game together and defensively really locked down Florida State. Florida State's a big team. They're a good defensive team. And Michigan State looked really good against them. You know, Florida State did come back a little bit there in the second half to take about a one- to two-point lead. But Michigan State completely, uh, you know, completely got rid of that. You know, just got it done. I want to congratulate Michigan State on a nice win there. They've won six straight now after losing to North Carolina and Duke in the first two games of the season. And, again, they'll play Central Connecticut State on December 7th here at 7 o'clock. And then the really last tough game before conference play starts, they'll be playing at Gonzaga this Saturday at 9 p.m. So that'll definitely be a game to look out for. Big Ten play does not start until (coughs) December 28th. So December 28th versus Indiana is when it gets going. And like I was saying, I just I don't get into college basketball right now. I just I mean, I don't know if it's just me. I just really am not into college basketball until Big 10 play starts. I think a lot of people are like that. And just like everyone says MSU is a, you know, March team, they're not a November team or a December team, you know. Mm-hmm. That's it's pretty much been proven. <laughs> pretty much. And I mean, it's just, it's not even, yeah, win or lose. It's not even that. It's just my interest in college basketball is so little at this time of the year. Yeah, I it's mean, because so it's, like, it's almost like preseason stuff still, even though it's not really. But it, it pretty much is before it gets into Big Ten play. And that's exactly it. Is that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't want to say that these games don't matter. They do. they matter. Don't, they do matter, but not at a big level. The only thing that's changing is, like, you know, your, R, your RPI might be a little bit higher, a little bit lower, depending on winning or losing against teams like Florida State, Gonzaga, you know, UNC, North Carolina, uh, UNC and Duke, excuse me. But bottom line is, you know, you're going to make the tournament at like 24 and 9, or you're going to make the tournament at 23 and 8. You're going to make the tournament, okay? You're going to be, you know, you'll be in there. Obviously, you want a good seed, you want a good draw, but really, like you said, Big Ten play. That's when, that's when I get going with it. That's when, you know, pretty much. 
college football is done. Your bowl games are over with. Yep. The NFL's just about, you know, the regular season ends three days after Big Ten play starts. That's when I really start getting into it. Mm-hmm. And the NBA gets in full swing. And <laughs> Then you're in a total basketball mood. Well, right? only yeah, only this year. Usually the NBA starts, uh, you know, October 31st, November 1st, but December 25th, Christmas Day, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I bet you're pumped. Oh, I'm very pumped. <laughs> I'm, I'm so pumped for Shaq to be on uh, the TNT halftime show. It's my favorite <laughs> halftime show. I love it. Charles Barkley. It's just it's too funny, too good. Really fast. Uh, Keith Appling is uh, named the Co Big Ten Player of the Week here. Uh, former Detroit Parachine star, he averaged 18.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 3.5 assists in the victories over Florida State and Nebraska-Omaha. He had a career-high 24 points in the Florida State victory, and he had 13 points and 9 rebounds and 7 assists against Nebraska-Omaha. Good stuff for uh, Keith Applin. We need him to really, you know, he's, he's, he's our point guard. He's our guy. So we need him to do his stuff, and he's looking really good. I heard he was struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah, he was. So I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that he's doing better oh yeah no he's doing much better i think so i mean caitlin lucas's shoes are hard to fill i'll yeah. be honest i'll yeah, be yeah. honest and no I'll... they definitely are and so i'm glad he's kind of stepping up to the challenge it's good no, for him very happy to see that and i want to jump right in here to the detroit lions i have so much to say and not enough time <laughs> and uh we are going to get yeah the detroit lions faced off against the new orleans saints here on sunday this was game was at new orleans in the superdome Prime time again. This is the third game of the season that the Lions have played in a prime time light. This was 8-20 under the lights in the dome. Lions lost. They lost 31-17 to as your final score. Uh, a game that was actually much closer than it, you know, it, not that it should have been, but it was much closer than the score necessarily reflects. The Lions did it to themselves yet again, committing a million and a half penalties, 11 of them, this game, and not to mention just 11, but 11 penalties that cost the Lions a lot of first downs, moved them back, took them out of field goal range, took away big plays, and these aren't just false start penalties. These aren't just a little bit, you know, just some stupid holding call. These are mindless, pointless, idiotic penalties. Now, I really fast, I want to ask our listeners, what do we think of the Lions going forward here? You have four games left. You are 7-5. and five. You are basically you're all knotted up with the Bears at seven and five. The Falcons are at seven and five. All right. The Cowboys are seven and five. The Giants are six and six. Those are your wild card contenders. Lions four games left. Do they make the playoffs? And how many wins does it take to get in? Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. And you know I want to ask you real fast, Megan. I mean, first off, what is what is going on here with these penalties? I mean, it, it's something that. We've discussed before, you always say, obviously, penalties will kill you. You know, you shoot yourself in the foot, blah, blah, blah. These aren't just bad penalties. These are horrible penalties. Mm -hmm. These are bumping into a ref, Brandon Pettigrew. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Titus Young punching a guy right in front of a ref, talking to you. Nate Burleson committing three separate – he had four total penalties, but three three completely boneheaded penalties – completely boneheaded in pass interference. Offense, three offensive pass interference calls. I don't know if I've seen that in a game. I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, what do we, what's wrong with the Lions? Are they just – is it Schwartz? Do we need to blame Schwartz? I mean, it's just very rare that you see a team like this just completely – and it doesn't even seem like Schwartz cares too much on the sidelines. I mean, what is going on with this team? We just had Ndamukong Sue get suspended two games, and then you have boneheaded personal foul penalties where you're, you're tossing the ball at, at a guy just, you know, and uh, Stefan Logan. You know, you have Pettigrew bumping somebody. You have Titus Young punching someone. What is going on? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I just want to start off. Did they, did they not learn anything from Adam Kasu that you can get yourself, you know, fined, suspended, fined, injected, yep, fined, whatever, whatever else, you know, first off. And I'm pretty sure most of his teammates were the ones saying he ne- needed to go get um help because he has a lot of anger built up. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, is, is Schwartz to blame? Yeah, I think he is. Because, like you said, when he's on the sidelines, he just doesn't he doesn't get angry. He doesn't pull him out. He doesn't pull him over and say, you can't do that, hit him on the side of the head or something, you know, yeah. some stupid football thing. He doesn't do anything like that. He just pulls him over, tells him what to do, puts him back out there. 
That, that's all I've been seeing. And is he to blame? Yeah, I think the Lions right now are one of the least disciplined teams out there. Is has like we don't even know. Has Schwartz been saying anything to these guys in the locker room? I would hope. I would hope you so. You would but, think that okay, maybe some guy's demeanor that's different on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not you know gonna ream his guy right there, mm-hmm. but he better be saying something mm-hmm. because this is so unacceptable. The Lions were in this game. They really were. They were behind. They made it a one-possession football game, mm-hmm. and they just they completely blow it away. You know, we kick a field goal because we get knocked so far back. We could have scored a touchdown on that drive, but just more moronic penalties. Here's the funny thing. On prime time, okay, this year, when we're talking the Monday night football game against the Bears, Thanksgiving Day against the Packers, and Sunday night against the Saints. Twelve penalties on Monday night football against the Bears. We all forget this because we forced 14 penalties on the Bears. Nine false start penalties. So everyone, but hey, we had 12 penalties ourselves. Thanksgiving Day, 11 penalties. And 11 more on Sunday for 107 yards, which completely, if you play a team like the Saints, you're not going to win like that. You're not going to win committing that many penalties. You'd be lucky to beat a team even like the Vikings. <laughs> I'm serious. And we're playing the Vikings next week. And, you know, everyone thinks, and I still think it's a win, that we're going to just walk in. You know, it's at Ford Field. We're just going to easily just demolish this team. I know they're missing Adrian Peterson. Everything looks like it points in our direction. You play this boneheaded. We're going to be missing Nick Fairley most likely. He got in, re-injured his foot. Mm-hmm. Sue's still going to be suspended. We're still not going to have Delmas. Kevin Smith most likely is not going to play. We're not going to be the healthiest team either. The Lions need to get it together. They got. They were so lucky that all these teams of the wild card contenders that I mentioned all lost. Oh yeah. All every one of them lost on Sunday. Every one of them. That is lucky. Okay. We are lucky that we are in that spot. It's enough of this undisciplined. I mean, you said it, undisciplined. It doesn't get more undisciplined than that. Again, I can understand, you know, certain penalties at times, they get frustrating. But these boneheaded penalties, I had some of my friends laugh, and I'm like, that's not funny. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. He throws the football. What, what's Logan doing? Be like, oh, hey, we're the bad boys of football. Huh? <laughs> well, uh, no. Listen, the bad boys, the Pistons, they were the bad boys. And guess what? They won two championships. You're the Detroit Lions. You haven't won Jack. So stop being the bad boys and getting this reputation because refs don't forget this. Don't get me wrong. I think two of those possible um, you know, pass interference calls on Nate Burleson were crap. They were very weak calls. They were bad calls that really aren't pass interference. But how can you sit here and blame a ref for calling a penalty on the Lions when that is what they're probably built to think? They're calling penalties because why not? It's the Lions. They, they commit penalties all the time. So, yeah, you know, ref's going to make a mistake and miss one, and then us as fans are going to get all angry about it when all game all we're doing is giving the refs every incentive in the world to throw those flags. Mm -hmm. It's like flag football out there Sunday night. It's ridiculous. Okay, it's enough's enough with the Lions in this. They have a shot here to get into the wild card. They're playing the Vikings at home, then they play the Chargers. No, then they play the Raiders on the road, excuse me. Then they play the Chargers at Ford Field, then we play the Packers on the road. Not the easiest, but not the most difficult. No. Do you think the Lions are going to get in as a wild card spot? <laughs> not the way they've been, well, not playing, but not the way they've been acting. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, you said, and <clears throat> I'll say it again, uh, penalties win and lose games. And we, we I'm going to bring Michigan State into this. We beat Wisconsin the first time. We had zero penalties. You know, and you know, yeah, we won maybe on a lucky Hail Mary pass, if we want to call it that, but yeah. we still beat them with zero penalties. I mean, one or two penalties, maybe a false start every once in a while. Not once in a while, but maybe like once or twice. Like, that's that's understandable. That happens. You know, someone gets a little too excited, jumps a gun, and exactly. goes over. But if you're going to sit here and punch people in the face, kick people in the arm, run, accidentally, quote-unquote, run into refs. Um, well, yeah, oops. Uh, offensive pass interference, which is stupid in the first place. Like, why would you even force something like that? You know, and no, if they keep doing that to themselves and they don't have their minds, their minds are in the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. If their mind is not in the game, you know, come, I mean, this is four games away, but come Packers on the road, there's no way. And that, that game's going to be interesting because yeah. as of right now, everyone says, well, the Packers, they, you know, they're probably not going to play their guys. Why would they? You know, they're probably going to be 15-0 and at that point. You know, they would just rest their guys. Let me tell you, they might rest them and they won't rest until like the fourth <laughs> quarter. Okay, the Packers are going to want to get revenge for Thanksgiving for their guys, for his, their guy getting stomped on. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, if they are going for a 16 and 0 bid, don't you think they're going to want to win Especially the final when... game of the season against the Lions? 
And the Giants if gave them could, a run for their yeah, money yesterday. If they could play upset to the Lions missing the playoffs, you don't think they're going to play their butts off that final week? Oh, yeah. You don't think they're going to try to have a bunch of momentum going into the playoffs? Trust me, they're going to play. They are too proud of a franchise to lay down to the Detroit Lions just because they've locked up the division. That's crap. I do want to give Matt Stafford a lot of credit. He looked great Sunday night. He was 31 of 44 for 408 yards. He had a touchdown and an interception. You know, he had 10 different guys, you know, with passes. He really moved the ball well. Unfortunately, we were just playing a better team in the New Orleans Saints, and the penalties completely took negated every solid play that we had. Took it right back. You you get rid of, honestly, those four to five boneheaded penalties, unsportsmanlike and personal foul penalties, they could have stolen this game possibly from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. They really could have. That's and why now, I said. All we're doing is sitting here complaining about the penalties instead of talking about a Lions team that maybe just fell a little bit short but has you know really looked pretty darn solid. Like I said, it's going to be a tough rest, of the, uh, tough rest of the way. Minnesota should be a win. At Oakland, I still think that's a loss. San Diego at home, I think that's a win. Okay? I really I see two wins. I see two out of the next four. I see two out of the next four. Personally, nine wins. Does that get you a wild card spot? It might. It might, and the only reason we're lucking out this bad is that the Bears not only lost Jay Cutler, they lost Matt Forte now. Matt Forte has a sprained, or not a sprain, it's basically his MCL, it's not it's not torn, I think it's sprained. I think they're sprained, yeah. it's yeah. sprained, yeah. He's got a sprained MCL, he's out two to six weeks, so he could miss the rest of the season. Not to mention the Bears, they have to play at Denver and Tim Tebow, uh, you know, God's throwing the ball for him, man. Tim Tebow, 6-1 and one oh as a starter. Gosh. Tebow can't lose. He can't lose. It's not even a joke anymore. He's just that good. Is he that good? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mock, <laughs> I mock this guy so much. But really, you can't argue with results. The kid's 6-1. I'm scared to mock him. Yeah, Jesus might have it out for smited. me. <laughs> don't want to get smited. But nonetheless, it's going to be a dogfight for the NFC wildcard race with the Bears, Falcons, Cowboys, and Giants. Of course, the Cowboys or Giants, one of them is going to win the NFC East. But I do personally believe it will be the Lions and Falcons getting those wildcard spots. But the Lions better get it together because it's not that easy the rest of the way still. I don't even care that you're playing Minnesota. At this point of the season, you can't overlook anybody. And Minnesota really did not look that bad against Denver. Denver that has a solid defense. They put up... 30, mm-hmm. Well, they put up 29 points mm-hmm. on Denver. So don't look past Minnesota. Christian Ponder's getting be- better. Toby Gerhardt, not the worst backup for Adrian Peterson, you know, by far. So be careful. Because the Lions, they still haven't won anything. Gosh. They're just frustrating right now. Well, you know, and this is when we were talking about this team. When they were 5-0, and okay, we, we said, what are the Lions? Who is this team? Are they as good as 5-0? and No. Not, not, I don't not think how they've so. been playing right now, no. They're two and five in their last seven games, so if if that to you, I mean, and that's why I thought to a degree that it was a mirage, that the Lions are getting better. Of course, they've won seven games this season. Of course, they're getting better. But are they as good as one of the top eight, top ten teams in the NFL? I don't think so. I still don't think they've gotten there. And it's not because of talent. They have all the talent. Obviously, injuries have played a factor in some of this stuff. But you can say that for any NFL team. This year, not not to mention ju- just this year alone, it has been ridiculous around the NFL and guys going down, and not just some guys, main guys, you know, starting quarterbacks, starting wide receivers, starting running backs, guys that are the focal point of their franchises going down. The Lions actually have to thank people that they're they don't have too many guys that are that injured. Yes, Javid Best, obviously that was a loss, that was unfortunate. But if Javid Best is really the only big loss that I can really you know hold anything to, then we. Pretty much lucked out, I think, in a lot of ways. Because guess who's healthy? Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Thank and God. That's it. And that's important. Because without that, good luck. Good luck, Detroit. Yep. And again, really fast, regarding the penalties that happened, Schwartz was uh, interviewed on Monday about, does he think anyone will be suspended, fined, potentially? He says, quote, I didn't see anything that would warrant suspensions. I certainly don't want to ex- uh, excuse anything, but we had a lot of incidents of guys walking away from things, end quote. Walking away from what? Throwing a ball at someone's face? How many yards did they end up racking up in penalties? Do you have 107. That Ew. 107 yards. That's like yards. unheard of. That's a lot. That's more than a touchdown if you're starting on the zero-yard line. So uh, they better get it together. 
And that's the thing. I mean, you saw Raheem Morris of the Bucks bench his guy completely after he committed a penalty and reamed, you know, just reamed him. Schwartz needs to show these guys, and it's not even just Schwartz. Captains need to do it as well. I need Dominic Raiola, Kyle Vandenbosch, Matt Stafford, Jason Hansen, the captains of this team, to get these young kids like Nick Fairley and Titus Young and Logan and Pettigrew and get them all and put your head around them and say, what are you doing? Enough's enough. We're not going to accept this, so don't expect our fans to accept it. It's enough's enough. They better clean their act up here against the Vikings. Because you know what? People want to complain. Detroit doesn't get the calls. Detroit, Detroit doesn't get the calls. They don't deserve the calls if they're going to play that boneheaded like. They don't deserve them. People want to say they get slighted. Well, you know what? They deserve to get slighted if you're going to act like that. You give the refs no reason to ever give you the benefit of the doubt. Why should they? They shouldn't. Nope. They shouldn't. <laughs> They shouldn't at all. Real fast, I want to let you guys know, just around the NFL, Thursday night football was Eagles against the Seahawks. Seahawks win 31-14. Marshawn Lynch having a great game, running for about 150 yards, two touchdowns. Eagles, a dismal 4-8. The dream team is destroyed. They are not winning anything. God, the Eagles are sad. Very sad team. The Titans end up beating the Bills 23-17 to to keep their hopes alive there, chasing the Houston Texans down to try to win the division. The Chiefs end up beating the Bears. Go Chiefs! Uh, Chiefs beat the Bears. Caleb Haney throws three more picks here for the Chicago Bears, and, and Matt Forte goes down with his MCL sprain in the first quarter. The Bears really wondering what has just happened in the last three weeks. They were 7-3, and now you're 7-5 and in free-falling. Dolphins end up beating the Raiders 34-14. to Dolphins were up 34-0 in this game. Dolphins look great. Raiders now tied with the Broncos for the division lead. Broncos beating the Vikings. A last-second field goal again, 35-32. to Broncos win. Tim Tebow, 6-1 and as the starter. What can I say, Tim Tebow? You win. <laughs> you just win. Patriots end up beating the Indianapolis Colts 31-24. to The Colts now 0-12. Very close to being 0-16. Colts really, though, put it together in the fourth quarter. Scored 21 points, but it just wasn't enough. Dan Orlovsky, we can all remember him, obviously played for the, our Detroit Lions. He had his first start there for the Colts and played great. He was 30-37, 353 yards, two touchdown passes. Dan Orlovsky, they might have something there. At least to try to win one game this season. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Bengals lost to the Steelers 35-7. Steelers just showing them who's the boss of the AFC North. Buccaneers really free-falling as well. Four and eight now. Panthers end up getting the best of them, 38-19. to Cam Newton rushing for three touchdown passes and passing for one. Cam Newton uh, leading the league with 13 rushing touchdowns. Has more rushing touchdowns than a running back. Cam Newton, no joke. Can't wait to see this kid for the rest of his career. Jets end up beating the Redskins, 34-19. Texans get the best of the Falcons, 17-10, with TJ Yates quarterbacking them. Who would have thought that? The Ravens beat the Browns 24-10 to stay right there, keep pace with the Steelers. Packers beat the Giants in a great game. Packers win 38-35. Aaron Rodgers only needed 58 seconds to move the ball systematically down the field. And systematically, I mean two passes down the field to just get them right there in field goal range. Giants now have lost four straight games. Cowboys lose in overtime to the Cardinals 19-13. And the Cowboys, Jason Garrett ices his own kicker. He, made, he, he called the timeout, the kicker made the field goal, but it didn't count because Jason Garrett called the timeout. <laughs> then they kicked again, and he missed. Uh-oh. And then they go to overtime. Cardinals end up winning the game. 49, 49ers clinched the NFC West with a beatdown of the St. Louis Rams, 26-0. Niners have clinched the West. Obviously, the Packers have clinched the NFC North, being 12-0. and So congratulations to both of those teams moving forward. You want to do your uh, NASCAR thing? I would love to. Awesome. All right, so everyone, I know NASCAR season is over, but not technically because everyone's always in season. We always know that. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if anyone been hearing rumors about Kurt Busch maybe leaving Penske. I I don't know if anyone ever heard of that. I just heard about it last night. Saw the video that kind of you know got the guy gave him the urge to leave. I heard he was fired, but that is false. Um, you know, it could be true, but what they're saying in the in the media is that it was a mutual decision. Um, Penske and Kurt Busch both decided, you know, part ways. And basically what happened, if you guys want to maybe YouTube this, maybe look it up, is um, Kurt Busch kind of freaked out on one of the ESPN reporters. Um, His name is (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Jerry Punch. I know you've seen those guys, you know, when something goes wrong, they'll go down to the the garage and they'll talk to him and be like, what's going on, you know, that kind of thing. Well, Kurt decided he wanted to start swearing at him. 
and telling him to get out of his face. So this was during the Miami, um, the very last race, the Homestead Miami uh, race. And finally, this guy was just like, I'm done. I'm done. We're not doing this interview. And Kurt's just like, good, fine, you know, and walks away and goes in his garage. But it was something like that. I you wish know. we could air, actually, the audio. Oh, my gosh. You were part of it. <laughs> we have to bleep out most of it. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, Pretty much, he thanks Penske. He's been with them for six years. He said he needs to... Our, his quote was, I realized I just needed to put the fun back in racing. I needed a fresh start walking away from a uh, walking away from a great organization and a lucrative contract. It's not easy, but it allows me to take a deep breath and work on things that can be made or that can make me better, a better driver and a better person. He's actually um, going to therapy, it says here, too. He's an angry um, he is He is angry, yes. And so he's he's done with Penske. I've been hearing rumors, don't quote me on this, that he might not be returning next year. He might be taking a year off. Um, so, yeah, pretty much, I mean, if you love the Bush brothers, I apologize that Kurt Bush has left. Most of the people that I know of don't like them, though. So, I don't like most drivers in NASCAR. They're all a bunch of... They got their heads up their butts. Yeah, so that that's that's the biggest hoopla in uh, NASCAR right now. Obviously, no races going on, but Kurt Busch is done with Penske. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry to go. be the bearer of bad news. Sorry, Penske fans. <laughs> no more Kurt Busch. It's crazy. NASCAR just ended like a week ago, and I'm already seeing Daytona 500, you know, advertisements. <laughs> the season's over. Can we have a month off? Nope. Just one. They come back in February. I mean, I'll watch. I'll watch the Daytona 500, but it's not till February 26th. Can we have a breath? Tony Stewart just won. A, <laughs> he just won. I swear, it's like there's no time off in NASCAR. They're just back to driving. There's no time off in anything. Right. In sports, it never ends. In to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real fast, our Detroit Red Wings. I know for all you big Red Wings fans out there, you feel like it just kind of gets shipped to the end of the show here. And it does. Um, I love the Red Wings, but the fact of the matter is, I know a lot of people aren't going to call in, don't really feel like talking about it. So if you do, call in, and we'll make it more of a point to talk about. Uh, but still, the Red Wings... They've only played 25 games, so I kind of don't even really get fully into hockey as well until you can really get an idea a quarter of the way through the season. But the Red Wings right now are 16-8-1. They have 33 points. They are two points behind the Chicago Blackhawks in the Central Division in the Western Conference. They finally had their seven-game win streak snapped last night. They lost to the Colorado Avalanche 4-2. Um, that extra goal was an empty net goal, so a lot of I, I always it was like three to two. Uh, T.J. Galliardi scored a shorthanded goal at 9:22 of the third period, which broke the tie. Ty Conklin was in net. Jimmy Howard was getting the night off. Jimmy's been playing just amazing hockey uh, this entire season, but it just wasn't enough. You know the Red Wings were bound to lose eventually. Oh yeah, seven in a row though was great. Great job winning seven in a row. The Red Wings, again, only two points behind the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Blackhawks do have two more games played right now than the Detroit Red Wings. So, trust me, things will balance out. Red Wings' upcoming schedule right now. The Red Wings will be playing at St. Louis on Tuesday. We'll be facing the Blues, which should always be a good game. Nice division rival. After that, they will uh, be at the Joe playing the Phoenix Coyotes Thursday, uh, December 8th at 7.30. And then on Saturday, December 10th, they'll be at home facing the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, the Winnipeg Jets, not the Atlanta Thrashers. That's who they used to be. Now they're actually a real hockey team. Atlanta. Thank God Atlanta doesn't have a hockey team anymore. It just always bugged me. <laughs> that why Atlanta, why do you have a hockey team? You're like, you really should not have a hockey team. Why not? Because no one goes to their games. <laughs> they, they, they have like 6,000 people show up for these games. That's it's like what... telling Los Angeles not to have a baseball team anymore. Well, that's crazy. Talk. <laughs> no one goes to the Dodgers games anymore. People used to go to the Dodgers games I know. when they actually, you know, weren't bankrupt. But not anymore. Not anymore. That's true. <laughs> People aren't happy with Frank McCourt. McCourt's not going to own the team anymore. So yeah. that's enough there. Really fast with the Detroit Pistons. Again, the Pistons will play two exhibition basketball games here. They'll play the Cavaliers at home on Friday, December 16th at 7.30, and then they'll play the Cavaliers on December 20th. So that's cool. We're going to schedule two of the same team. That's stupid. It's I fun. Mean, well, why are you scheduling? The, I mean, exhibition, you should play two separate teams. I mean, I'm happy they're not having their full exhibition because, you know, they have the short season. But basically, for anyone who wants to know, tickets are starting at $10 for the December 16th game. They go on sale here Monday. They go on sale today at noon. So you can either do it online at www.pistons.com or you can do it at any Ticketmaster outlet. The regular season will start on December 26th for that, and we'll know who we're starting off with in the regular season tomorrow for our Detroit Pistons. So, I know you're excited for the NBA. Nope. 
<laughs> nope. No, not a big NBA fan. So, I mean, I might watch a game or two, but I probably won't be too into them. Nah, I got you. Unless there. they make it to playoffs, which, mm. They could. It's a 66-game season. Maybe. And real fast, I forgot to announce this, but Madonna is going to be be performing at the halftime show for the Super Bowl. Yes, it is Madonna, the material girl who just keeps getting older. Madonna will perform at the Super Bowl. Hopefully, it's not a disappointment like every halftime show <laughs> at the Super Bowl. Black Eyed Peas but I do want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in here to the Spartan Sports Wrap this evening. Definitely, is always a pleasure. The Asian Invasion is coming up next, so definitely stay tuned. For all of us here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name is Dave. And I'm Megan. And you guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.